This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Steve Sparky Pfeiffer along with Nathan Marzian. It is green and growing. Obviously, you can uh, download us anywhere you get your podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family members, tell everybody that's important in your life because we're important to you. That's why you're listening, right? Uh, whether it be the Odyssey app, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever the case may be, uh, download us. Uh, again, the new videos go, or the new podcasts, I should say, go up on Wednesday and Friday mornings. You wake up. Go download the podcast and listen to it uh, during uh, the day we record these, usually on Tuesday and Thursday evenings, like we are doing now here on Tuesday night. So uh, the Milwaukee Bucks come off of a loss to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, And again, not all that surprised that they came off of a loss to the Atlanta Hawks, mainly uh, for the reason of the fact that you didn't have Drew Holiday. Yes, you had Giannis coming back uh, and so forth, but you lose 121 uh, to 106 in that game. Uh, Marjan Bochamp, who we'll get to a little bit later uh, in the podcast, we'll definitely get into talking about him. But he had another breakout game, three of four from three, seven of nine uh, from the field, eight rebounds, and played 34 minutes, which is a ton of minutes for a rookie uh, in the NBA, especially when you're not talking about you know, a, a guy that was in the top two or top three where you're expected to play those many minutes and carry an organization. Very rarely on a, a team expecting to win a title do you see those type of minutes for a rookie. Uh, and he got those minutes last night. I'll get in large part because it wasn't no Drew Holiday, still no Chris Middleton, still no Connaughton. Joe Ingles will be sometime in January, probably. Uh, Giannis didn't play the best necessarily, eight of 21 uh, from the floor. Uh, but they end up losing. Uh, and talking to my, my guy here, Nathan Marzian, he said there were some conversations at where he works, his full time job where he gets paid, uh, about uh, said game last night and maybe some concern about this Atlanta Hawks team. And that's why we're asking the question after watching the Hawks beat the Bucks, how concerned are you to see this team possibly in the playoffs? Now, again, we're a very long ways away. We're only in November. We're not even to Thanksgiving yet, but sometimes certain rosters have certain rosters numbers, regardless of record. They just present a, a matchup problem, regardless of how good the two teams are. So maybe this is a case in scenario. Uh, that was a point of conversation for Nathan and his coworkers. Nathan, please explain. Yeah, I think I think it's something that naturally when you, you know, we played them three times already this year, not even a month into the season, and beat them the first time, but now lost to them twice. The only team that has, uh, you know, Giannis only has lost two games this year. The Bucks as a total have lost three, and both of those losses for Giannis were against Atlanta. So it kind of naturally it just kind of becomes a little bit of a topic of, hey, you know, 
is this a team and the Hawks are playing well right now? They're, um, I think, third in the East. And so naturally you're going to start talking about, hey, is this a team that you, you know, don't want to see in the playoffs? Is this a team that you think is going to be dangerous and could be just a bad matchup for us? Um, and well, I do think the Hawks are definitely they're I mean, they're a formidable opponent. They're a team that if we went into a playoff series against them, the, you know, based on what I've seen so far, I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, Bucks are sweeping this team and this is, you know, an easy, easy series for us. But I also, I'm not going to jump to the conclusion of, oh, I want to avoid this team or this team scares me a ton just because they beat us twice with, you know, what, three, four of our, our top guys out. Um, they still haven't played as fully healthy. No team has played as fully healthy. And they do, the, the one thing they have is they have a, a couple of guys that can defend Giannis decently well. I know Okungu has always done a good job on him. Yep. Um, John Collins, not a great defender of him, but at least is someone you can, you know, throw out there in Capella. They have some bodies. So that's the one thing that makes it a little bit difficult. You you know Giannis's efficiency might not be what it normally is. He's still gonna put up close to 30. Um, but it just it might be a, a little bit less efficient night. So you need some other guys to step up. But last night we just didn't have those guys. I mean, we didn't have Drew, we didn't have Chris, we didn't have Pat. Grace Allen goes out, you don't have Joe Ingles. Like you you're gonna naturally like when you face a team like Atlanta that can prevent in in air quotes Giannis by you know holding him to only 27 um you're, when you need other guys to step up and those guys literally just aren't there yeah it's gonna be tough to win and they just didn't have that last night Bochamp was really the only one that did step up and yeah when that's the case you're not gonna win but when we're fully healthy I, I still think we're fine I think this is a team that um we'd have other options that you know if they if they are able to contain Giannis a bit we'd have guys like Chris and Drew and Pat able to uh, get us some buckets so this is is my question. I saw you getting frustrated uh, with Bobby Portis, I believe, uh, last night on Twitter at one point. So explain what you were getting frustrated with. Yeah, it's just disappointing. So Bobby, I mean, I and he's been fine as a as a hustle guy. He's making the hustle plays. He's getting the rebounds. Um, the shot hasn't been good. And I, I'm I'm not saying he's not going to be good the rest of the year, but it's just a little bit of a disappointing stretch to me, where you know Giannis missed some games. Um, obviously Chris is out and that, you know, we talked about this a hundred times, all the guys that are out and it was just kind of seemed like an opportunity when you have the whole big three out or only one of the big three playing. And it's like, that's when you kind of want to see Bobby putting up 20 plus and kind of getting his shot going, getting, getting his, uh, scoring going. And the last few games, we just haven't really seen that he's getting double doubles. As I said, he's still, you know, he's being productive, but it hasn't been what I kind of expected to be when those guys went down. And I thought, okay, Bobby's really going to have to kind of, you know, step up again and have some, you know, cause we've seen him do it before where he's putting up 23 and, you know, stuff, sure. stuff like that. And the past few games, it's kind of just been a little, a little disappointing. And the, yeah, the three point shot isn't falling. I want to say he's down in the low thirties now from three this year compared to, I know it's not going to be what it was the past couple of years where it was in the you know mid to high forties. Um, at least for one of those seasons, I know it was like 47%, not going to happen, but, um, want to see it better than it has been. And so it, it, I'm not concerned with Bobby going forward, but it was just something that I was like, you know, I, I just expect a little bit more of these last few games with, with the opportunity he was given to kind of, um, have an increase in scoring. So, I mean, there's, there's a, a lot to, to get into here. So first off, uh, it, with Bobby Portis goes, uh, there is something to starting and there is something to coming off the bench, right? So starting, you're able to get into that rhythm, feel the game coming off the bench. You have to get yourself into a rhythm while everybody else is already playing uh, and kind of pick up the pace and join the action. 
not everybody is necessarily great coming off of the bench. Some guys are better coming off the bench than they are as starters. And you can look at different people throughout the history of the NBA, for examples uh, of both of those. I think Bobby Portis is fine. I think if you went around the NBA and you said you're not, you're not concerned long-term, but if you go around the NBA and said, hey, look, man, I'm going to give you a forward that's going to give you a double-double off the bench, I think every exec in the NBA would say, hell yes, I'm in. Give me a forward that gives me a double-double off the bench. Uh, for so long, this Bucks team didn't have anybody off the bench that could give you any type of consistency, uh, whether it be boards, whether it be offensive production or a- anything like it. And the fact that Bobby Portis is able to be a double-double machine seemingly off the bench right now uh, behind Brooke Lopez is a huge deal for this Milwaukee Bucks team uh, to be able to carry part of that second unit. The other thing, when we start talking about this Atlanta Hawks team, that makes this Atlanta Hawks team a little bit different. You know, when the Bucks make their championship run, Trey Young has his issues. Now you have to deal with Trey Young and Deontay Murray, uh, and that gives them a formal backcourt. Uh, and it's going to be Drew Holiday and what? Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen? Who's Grayson Allen going to stop? And who, who is he going to defend that he's going to be able to stay in front of? He can't stay in front of either one of those two guards, I don't think. Um, so that's going to be a problem. And that's why, you know, we get farther into this this podcast, start talking about Bo Champ and, and how this all plays. You know, is Grayson Allen still on this team by the time you get to the postseason? Does Grayson Allen go in a deal at some point, you know, before the trade deadline? Because there is a, a little part of me that looks at this Hawks team and looks at that backcourt and says, that could be a problem. Uh, at some point. Now, Drew Holiday is very good, but Trey Young is special offensively. I mean, he's not just a really good point guard. He's a special, lightning-quick point guard that can create his own shot against anybody. I don't care who you put up against him. He's going to find his own shot. Now, he's also going to be a volume shooter, so he's going to take a lot of shots. But what you saw last night from the Atlanta Hawks was a balanced attack. I mean, they had all five guys in double figures, but nobody on the bench did anything, right? So that that's really what it is with them. With the Bucks, when you get Middleton back, uh, and then you add Connaughton and Ingles and those guys, they're going to have a deeper, more balanced team than the Atlanta Hawks. So then it's going to become, how tired are the Hawks? Because you know they're going to be, sh- well, they should be playing more minutes than the Bucks starters throughout the year because they're playing for seeding and everything else, and it that's a bigger deal to them. For Bud, for Boonholzer and the Bucks, I think you look at what they're doing, and their deal is we just want to be rested and ready and healthy for the playoffs. That's the goal. I don't know if the goal is 60 wins or anything like that. The goal is be playing well, be rested, healthy, and then we'll step up and we'll play them a little uh, additional minutes. My only one thing about this that I I, I get concerned about a little bit is, um, and I would like to see Bud maybe change a little, and I have to go back and look at how last year played out. For me, I'd like to see the buildup of minutes for Giannis specifically get going earlier. Then just when we get to the playoffs, okay, Giannis, now go play 35 or 36, and you've been averaging like 30. Because you, there are times when you get to the postseason and Giannis is spent or raising his hand, hey, I got to come out, dude. I'm 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 dragging right now. That thing, I, I prefer not to see that from your best player. Not a big deal. He dominates when he is in there, and he, he plays plenty of minutes at the end. But I wouldn't mind seeing those minutes maybe get increased a little bit the last two weeks of the season to get him accustomed to and used to playing a lot of minutes going forward, because if it is the Atlanta Hawks, they're going to get out and they're going to want to run and you're going to be going back and forth up and down the court. And nine out of 10 times, the Bucs are absolutely fine with that. But when you put them in a situation where they got to play a lot of minutes, you've got Middleton coming off of an injury. So I don't know where he's going to be physically by the time we get to that point in the playoffs. Ingles is coming off of an injury as well. Where is he going to be at conditioning wise and physically? How is he going to be feeling 
by the time you get to that point uh, as well. So if if there is a concern, it's guard play uh, and from a conditioning standpoint and so forth, which one of these teams is in, in a better position? Are the Hawks dragging because they've played so many minutes all year and are feeling it? Uh, or are they good and the Bucks are feeling having to play more minutes than they've played all year and running up and down the court uh, in games that are, are close and going down to the end? Because they're not going to face the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like I, I don't see that happening. So it's going to be earlier in the playoffs, and you're still going to have probably Boston waiting for you at some point after you play Atlanta. So it's not like the series is over and boom, there's the NBA Finals like it was uh, the last time. So I guess I'm not as concerned about the Hawks necessarily, um, but there is reason to look at them and go, hey, you know, a couple things that you can point to and go, okay, maybe. What did you tell your coworkers? Did you tell them, ah, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. They're fine. They got Giannis. Don't worry your pretty little head over it. They're fine. They got Giannis. I'm assuming that's what you said, right? They've got Giannis and that was the end of the discussion. You walked away. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, no, I'm, I I keep going back to the, you know, I, I just said, hey, we're once we get healthy, we'll be fine. And, you you know, as you said, it, it we, the way it looks last night is, you know, the Hawks kind of overwhelm you with how many guys they have compared to the Bucks, And it's like, you know, we didn't, you know, what guards can we throw at them? And it's just like once I, I think the fact that we're even, in, you know, competitive in these games is a good sign of, hey, you know, we have some guys off the bench that can contribute. And then once you get. I mean, if we had Drew yesterday, you were able to put Drew and Javon out there against those two guards. I think that is a very good duo to have to counter them, especially defensively. And, you know, again, just the amount of the amount of guys you have at, at that point can score the basketball, shoot the basketball, and really keep up with a team like Atlanta. It's like we just didn't have that last night. And we just we we just haven't had that yet this season for the most part when it when these guys are out. And it's just the firepower is not there. And we saw it in the Boston series too. The, the the offensive firepower really isn't there because you have Giannis who can create his own shot and Drew can do it a little bit sometimes, not really his strong suit. And then nobody else that really can do it. And it's just like... Yeah, but how many teams can, Nathan? If I take two of your three best players off of a, any roster in the NBA, how many teams could be like, our firepower will be the same? I mean, no, that's, there, that's what I'm saying. It's that back. No matter what. I mean, yeah, guys are, yeah. that are on the bench are on the bench for a reason. Guys that are role players are role players for a reason. And guys that are stars and top three scores on their teams, they do that for a reason. So if you went to Boston and, and took Tatum and Jalen Brown away and said, okay, go win, probably not going to happen and probably not going to be able to score the way they could if those two guys are out there. Not saying that Holiday and Middleton compare to those two, but a, a similar scenario where you know two of your three best players are out. You know, that's what I mean is is – I don't want like people should not at all be worried about how this team is looking offensively or anything like that. And because um, going back to that Boston series two from last year, so many people wanted to kind of change the team a little bit and, and add players based on how we looked in that series. And I'm like, well, how we look in that series isn't how we're normally going to look. You know, you ask all these guys to kind of, you know, as you talked about with Bobby Portis, you're putting him in a role that, I mean, he he's still getting, you know, double doubles, 15 and 13, which, 
off the bench is fantastic. But when he's in a role where all of a sudden he's kind of, you know, with no Drew, no Chris and all those guys, he's kind of your second-ish best scorer. You kind of need more than 15 from him. And that's not really what he's meant to do. That's not Correct. what you want to ask him to do all the time. So all these guys are kind of just put in a position where they're asked to do a little bit more, a little bit more. And um, it doesn't look great sometimes, but it's like, I, I just have to keep telling people like, just wait till they're healthy. Wait till they have Correct. all their guys. And I think once they are, they have enough, they have a ton of depth with the way Bochamp's playing with all the guys they are going to get back. It's like, I, I think we're going to be fine in terms of, you know, you said resting guys and having enough options and who do we have at guard? Even if you don't trade grace and even if you don't kind of move around some pieces, I still think they're fine. I think they have enough guys and um, to be able to, you know, as you said, you want to rest your guys, but also gear them up towards the playoffs. I think, I think Giannis, he's already played a couple of games where he's up near like 38 minutes, which is good. Kind of do that for any, you know, maybe bigger games or ones where you really need him in the fourth, play him, you know, the whole fourth quarter and, and build up that stamina. But um, I think they have enough guys to be able to also rest them at the same time and still win games against bad teams and, you have the depth to do it when everyone's healthy. Yep. Let's go to topic number two. Giannis has been struggling at the free throw line so far this season. Does it matter? This topic brought to you by Nathan Marzian as well, because he tweeted this out, uh, saw the tweet, uh, and let, let's jump into it here. So, all right, Nathan Marzian, you you give us the numbers uh, that uh, don't look so pretty for Giannis as of right now. Well, right now he's at 64% from the line. And last year was at 72 and, you know, we, we, we saw, so the, the years before last year, he kind of s- struggled a bit. He had the, um, 2019 where he was at 63 the whole year and then still below 70 at 68 and a half in 2020, 21. So last year he got finally above 70 again. And it was like, okay, you know, it seemed like he got the consistency down more and he eliminated a lot of the, the really bad games. He only had like a couple of them the entire year where he was kind of noticeably missing a lot of free throws. And, you're, you know, last night was a night where he was noticeably missing a lot of free throws, especially in the first half. I think he was 4 of 11 at one point. And so he did good job, a good job eliminating that last year. And I think already this year, this is now, I mean, twice in the last three games, he's had a, a bad free throw shooting night. He was 11 of 18 last night. And um, a couple games ago, he was 10 of 20. Those are the ones I want to see him eliminate. And it's it's disappointing to see them come back. I was hoping, I mean, you knew it might happen a couple of times in the span of the year, but hopefully and I was hoping they wouldn't happen kind of two and three games like this. And I still think he'll be fine. I think it's nothing to be super concerned about because we've seen him be streaky. We've seen this happen with him. Um, you know, he, he goes on some cold stretches. I just, last year he did a good job kind of pushing down those cold stretches, keeping them from ever coming up. And so hopefully he can, he can get back to that. But I mean, it, you're never going to expect these not to happen with him. I mean, he's not a, he's just not a naturally good shooter. Like you, he's going to have times like this where, okay, he, he has a bad half or he has um, a bad stretch here. It's just, it's just a matter of trying to eliminate them. So it was something that, you know, I, I just tweeted saying it's a, it's a little bit disappointing to see it come up early in the year because it was something that last year he had a good job of preventing. So this is where I'm at on Giannis, right? So you could have Shaq who didn't give a crap about it uh, and just was like, oh, whatever, I'm going to miss free throws. Y'all do what you want to do about it, whatever, you're right, and was fine with it. Shaq, who didn't try to improve anything really around the rim, he had a little baby hook shot, but he was never interested in having any type of mid-range shot or expanding his game, was happy being a physically dominating center and using his size and athleticism 
to kill people. And that was it. And in my opinion, got complacent. And I think that's what drove Kobe Bryant probably crazy uh, as well to a certain degree. With Giannis, you know for certain that's not going to happen. So if it bothers you, Nathan Marzian, I guarantee you Giannis is going crazy uh, as well. And he knows, hey, man, I got to get myself out of this funk. Like I got to get back to shooting free throws the way I know. I, I don't get as concerned about this, to be honest with you, until we get to the playoffs. You know, if he's struggling in the playoffs where hack of Giannis can become a thing again, uh, then I get more concerned about, okay, please don't cost us a game here uh, at the end of the game. And even if he misses a free throw or two at the end of the game, there will be certainly other situations throughout the game that we can point to and say that's why he lost. But uh, while you and I will do that, uh, a majority of others will say, well, he lost in the game because he can't hit free throws. And then all of that nonsense will come up again. So I think he'll work on it. I think he'll be fine. Uh, you know, again, like we've talked about before, the basketball season is so long, too long in my opinion, is so long that there's going to be ups and downs. Like there's going to be a stretch probably over five, six, seven games, maybe longer than that, where he's just going to be unbelievable at the line. You're like, holy crap, look at how well he's shooting at the line. And then he's going to get in these stretches. What he's in now where he's just going to be cold and can't hit a shot, just like his three-point shot. You know, there'll be a stretch or two or three games where he feel feeling himself from outside and then he'll come crashing back down to reality and won't be able to hit the broad side of a barn probably from three. But he himself knows and makes fun of himself for the way hey, I can't shoot threes. You know, it's part of it. And that's fine. But he's not stopping working on it. You know, if if he was complacent about that whole situation, like that ah, free throws aren't a big deal. I can dominate in all other aspects of the game. A couple of missed free throws, you know, isn't going to hinder me from going into the Hall of Fame or isn't going to hinder me. Uh, you know, from winning more, whatever the case may be. If he was that had that type of personality, then I'd be like, okay, I'm concerned because then more than likely he's not working on it and this could be a lingering thing throughout the year. But we know for certain this dude outworks everybody and does not take not playing well lightly, regardless if it's a regular season game in November or whether it's a postseason game in May. He kind of, it feels like, kind of treats it all in the same at this point. And that's why I think as a Bucks fan, you feel so good about the best player in the league being on your team with the work ethic and drive that he has right now for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, the only reason that stuff ever is kind of a, a big topic is mainly because he just shoots so many of them. You know, the fact that he's shooting again last night, 18 free throws, the other night, 20. And if you're missing seven or 10 free throws, you know, you're leaving at that point, a lot of points on the board, but yeah, I mean, as you said, it, it's something, you know, it's going to kind of come in. It, there's going to be good stretches and bad stretches throughout the year. And um, again, that, yeah, the only, the only concern that I had was like, yeah, last year he did seem to kind of eliminate a little bit of those, of those, you know, really bad games where instead of 11 of 18, you know, he might've been, 13 of 18, which still isn't great percentage wise, but it just, it's the, the, the really bad stretches where he had, you know, last night, I think he missed three, three in a row. And that other game where he was 10 of 20, I want to say he missed four or five in a row at one point. Um, and that was just stuff I didn't really see last year. So I, I don't expect it to be a, a, a thing that, you know, he, he constantly is going through bad stretches now this year, but um, you know, at the, at the same time, it's like these teams, especially a team like Atlanta last night where, it felt like they, you know, Giannis is just driving into the into the paint on them constantly, and they just are kind of forced to follow him, forced to follow him. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when you're not able to kind of make them pay, 
it's good to get them in foul trouble, but it just that can change the game a little bit. Where you know, if when he's able to knock down those free throws, we see it, we saw it in game six, where it's just in uh, of the finals, where there's nothing he's gonna, you know, if he, you cannot prevent him from getting 40, um, if he's hitting his free throws, because it's like those guys are just forced to follow you, and you're he's make 17 of 19, and all of a sudden he's got 50 points. And the games like last night felt like you know, he keeps getting to the paint, keeps getting to the paint and doing a good job of getting to the line. But then, you know, again, not being able to knock those down, that kind of just makes the defense say, Hey, let's, let's just say screw it and follow them. And, Nathan, and send them to the line. did you have a stiff drink after that game last night? I got to know. Did, did you have like a, a nice, do you, do you drink alcohol or you, you drink alcohol, right? I do drink alcohol, but I really only do it on the weekends. Yeah. I mean, cause I feel like this game really dragged you down, man. Like, the Bobby Portis thing dragged you down. Giannis missing free throws dragged you down. I mean, you keep saying, don't be worried, don't be worried. But, Mr. Marzian, you sound like you you were a little, had a lot of concern going on during that game last night. Like, it felt like, it feels like it pulled you down a little bit uh, more than it should have for a regular season game in November for a team that's expected to go win a title. These games definitely, they probably impact me more than they impact most people i'd say you know it, it's definitely stuff like i overanalyze a lot of stuff and i'm i'm kind of like noticing everything so um these are little things i'm not i'm not trying to make the you know i'm overanalyzing little things here this is not as i said yeah. these aren't things i'm worried but you're about okay before. you're okay i'm, fine. I'm all right. okay all right so i'll make sure i just don't all right let's move on topic number three let's see where he goes now this one he should be excited about this one should be in his wheelhouse. Should be jacked. Marshawn Bochamp is playing well. Just how good do you think the rookie can be this season? Nathan Marzia, how good is Marshawn Bochamp going to be? Because this dude right now, man, in three after three after three, getting out, dunking, blocking, fancy passing. I mean, you're kind of seeing everything from Bochamp right now. And it's like we've been saying, middle of November. We already been to Thanksgiving. Dude's barely got his feet wet in the NBA. His name's not Keegan Murray. He's not. And, and Ben Cairo, he ain't none of these dudes. It, this is a guy that, you know, middle of the first round, end of the first round that the Bucks ended up grabbing. And G League Ignite. And yeah, there was some hope. I myself said, you go back and listen to the beginning, the first or, or second episode of Green and Growing, back when we started this thing like three weeks ago, was... Yeah, he'll get some playing time. He's long. He'll be out there for defense. Other than that, probably can't expect much offensively. Well, he, he's showing I very well may be wrong here. Now, we don't know if he can do this consistently because we know long season, guys go in spurts, get hot, go cold, get hot, go cold. So maybe this is his Chris Middleton hot streak here. Uh, and then we crash to reality at some point in the near future. But right now, this dude looks like not only can he play but it looks like maybe they're going to have to find a spot for him in this rotation if he can consistently hit the three the way he's hitting it and defend and get out and run. Then you go back to what we were talking about earlier with Atlanta, and I can get Bochamp out there with Holiday and let him get in front of Deontay Murray. I feel better about that situation than having Grayson Allen try to defend Deontay Murray at that point. I like that matchup, and I like that matchup from being able to get out and run, his ability to shoot the three, stay in front of Deontay Murray. So. Maybe. I mean, if you would have asked me this at the beginning of the year, I'm like, there's no way he's playing uh, in the postseason. And now I guess I don't know if he's going to play in the postseason. I still mean no, because I still don't know if this is real. It's fun to watch. I'm getting excited, but I, I still don't know if this is real. If it's real, Bucks got themselves something right here. I'll tell you that. 
Yeah, I still lean no in terms of the playoffs right now as well. But as you said, coming into the year, I was thinking, you know, he'll play a little bit because there's an opportunity with guys hurt at the beginning of the year. But don't expect him to be very good. He's a rookie. He's a 24th pick. Um, He has a ways to go offensively. Going to be fine defensively. You can have him out there. It's not like he's going to get torched on that end. But, you know, I just didn't expect he's going to do anything in the playoffs. He's not going to be much of an impact player for us this season. And I've just, yeah, I've been very pleasantly surprised, obviously, as pretty much everyone has by, I, I didn't, I did not think he had these games in him offensively. I did, you know, if you would have told me, if you would have told me, even with all the injuries, even if you had told me he'd be able to have a, you know, 20 and six against Atlanta, um, you know, in his, you know, whatever it is, the first month of him being in the NBA, like, I just did not see him being able to do that. He was not a, an offensive prospect. He was not someone who, um, was a great shooting prospect and the shooting has been inconsistent. You know, it big game by game. It was five of eight one night. Then it was zero for six from three. Now last night it was three for four. Um, so, it, and, and it's going to be, I mean, anything you're getting from him offensively as a rookie is basically like, it's, it's all extra. It's all icing on the cake rather than um, what we should be expecting of him. Because again, he's not an offensive prospect. It's like, we kind of expect him to be good defensively and anything you can get, offensively and any shooting you can get right away is awesome because I didn't think I thought, you know, he'll, he'll need a few years to really become a, a good shooter. And as it'll be inconsistent this year, but again, these, these games, I just did not see him ever being able to hit five threes. So, you know, and stuff like that. Right. So uh, if, if you all don't have a subscription to the athletic um, and you're thinking to yourself, I, I just, I don't know. First of all, there's some good writers, right? Schneiden does a, a good job with the Packers. Uh, but Eric name uh, by himself is worthy of a subscription to the athletic for the pieces that he writes on the Bucks, y'all. And he wrote a piece on Beauchamp. I haven't had a chance to read. I saw it got tweeted out today with a Giannis quote saying, you know, he's got to be careful what he says because Beauchamp will go looking through Twitter to see what he says. Uh, joking, of course. Uh, but I'm sure it's a great piece. I haven't got to it yet. I'm, I will read it between now and Thursday when we tape the next episode. Maybe we can get into some of that. But to me, you can see by the bench when he does his thing, how they all get excited. They all get fired up. Like, clearly this is a dude that's, it looks like, loved by his teammates, and they're all kind of pulling for him to do really well at this point. And that is, to me, a huge factor in all this. Because this dude's walking into a locker room that's won a championship, got beat early in the playoffs last year, not happy about it. And he's trying to figure out how do I fit myself into this thing and still get on the court at the same time. And not only is he finding his way onto the court, it feels like he's found himself into this locker room chemistry-wise where these guys are all about Marjan Bochamp at this point and watching his success continue to grow. That is a huge deal for a rookie to kind of get open arms and be loved that quickly on a veteran team. It's different if you go into a locker room that's really young uh, that's got a lot of young guys, like say Sacramento, right? Got a bunch of young guys there. You get drafted and now you're coming in and trying to figure out, you know, okay, I played with him in, against him in college last year. A couple of years ago, I know this dude and we've kind of all kind of grew up in the ranks together versus a veteran team that have defined roles already. And you're trying to be the newcomer coming in and mind your P's and Q's and fit in. And it appears that he has, uh, and he's playing well, uh, unlike Jordan Wara who again, there's, I just, there's no way. Like if, if you can find somebody that's wants Wara and has 
faith in his upside and you can package him with Allen or somebody else in order to move at the deadline, I think you have to consider it at this point because of how well Bochamp is playing. And even, even if Bochamp wasn't playing that well, war just, yeah, war has not, not been able to really do much at all. And, um, cause again, even, even, you know, when all these guys get healthy, I don't know what Bochamp's role will be. I don't know if he'll play much. I don't know if he'll be an impact player and that's nothing. I mean, he's playing awesome. He might be, I have no idea, but that's the thing is like, even, even, you know, at full health, if, if these guys don't have a spot, um, you know, like, a, a, like this, this whole role that they're playing right now probably won't be there. You know, do they write Jordan Warren and Bochamp each have like, probably there's like a 15 to 20 minutes they're kind of getting right now and, and splitting between them. And, um, that's not going to be there, but going forward, Wara like that, that's going away regardless. Whereas Bochamp, you might be able to still give him some minutes when, when these guys are fully healthy because of how he's playing. I just don't see how you, you know, there's no reason when everyone's healthy that Wara would be getting, still getting minutes. I mean, I, I just don't see that happening. So yeah, if you can package Wara, if you can, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a Grayson Allen guy, but if you can get an upgrade for him um, by packaging him with Wara, absolutely. Because yeah, like Wara, like his, like this spot is already going away for him with all these injuries. Whenever it comes back, there's, there is no way he's playing. So, um, and with Bochamp, you know, that again, as I said, that might go away a little bit for him. He might not be a huge impact player all season, but the fact that he can give you anything is just awesome to see. And the locker room, yeah, you 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 said it. I mean, that was one of the things we talked about earlier is when they drafted him. I mean, that was the thing you saw right away was he seems like he's a hardworking, humble, likable guy that won't cause any problems. He's not going to have a huge ego he'll get along with everyone and you know with guys like Giannis, Chris and Drew those guys know you know they value work ethic they value the guys that want to get better and um and and that just seems like exactly what Bochamp is so um it, it just yeah regardless of anything that happens the rest of even this season it, it's good to just at least have this from him and um the fact that he's shown even this much is, is awesome and you can just tell that these guys love him one more topic quickly. I'm not going to spend a bunch of the uh, on this last topic uh, of the Green and Growing podcast. Again, download this anywhere your favorite podcasts are downloaded. Odyssey app, uh, whether it be over at Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, available all those places. Download it. Tell your friends. Tell your family members. Also, tell your friends and family members that the toy drive, 16th annual toy drive for Children's Wisconsin and Robins Nest, back at Blaine's Farming Fleet again this year, starting on Monday, November 28th. I'll be out there each day, 6A to 6P. I take a couple hour break from two to four each day, but for the most part, 6A to 6P. I'll be out there Monday through Friday. Come drop off your toys. Have to be new toys. Not gently used, not used, just brand spanking new that you buy at Blaine's Farm and Fleet or any other store that you decide to buy them at. Come drop it in the bin. You can also go online right now and uh, donate there if you'd like to, if you don't think you can make it down uh, on the week of November 25th by going to 1250amthefan.com. Uh, so that would be wonderful if everybody could help out. Uh, and thank you very much. How far would you go as an organization to get Victor Wembanyama on your team? And the reason I bring this up was I was on the Bart Winkler show with Paul Imig and we had this whole conversation about the jazz and how mad are you if, if, if you're Danny Ainge, that you have one of the best records in the NBA, you broke this thing up thinking that this will put you in a position to go get this dude, the Spurs by moving on from Deontay Murray, pretty much Popovich said the same thing. I had Duncan, this dude's better. I'm going to get him one way or the other and did the same thing as what the Utah jazz did. And now they're playing really well. 
I said on, on Bart's podcast, and I'll say it here, I'd trade more people. I, I, I wouldn't be satisfied. Lloyd Marketing is never going to have a, a, a higher value than he has right now. I promise you. So if this dude, if we're at Christmas time and this dude's still playing out of his mind, he's gone. Like, I, I'm not going to wait. If somebody wants him, they can have him. Mike Conley, see ya. Whoever it is, you can have whoever you want because of him. And then um, Scoot is the other guy that's going to be two. He also is a game changer, I think. Now, he's a guard. He's not a dribbling big man with all kinds of crazy range like Wembenyama. But both of those guys are game changers that you can build organizations around going forward. Uh, so for me, if I was a Jazz, uh, as I said on that podcast, you have to do it the Philly way, the process. Com- tear it completely down. Strip it of all talent. Make sure there's not enough talent there to win. And then go play hard, see what you can do. That That's what you have to do. Danny Ainge gave him too much talent. Uh, and now they're winning more than anybody thought, which is great for the guys in the locker room, uh, I guess. And if you're a fan of that team, I guess you're excited that this may be a playoff team when you thought it was going to be crap. Uh, but big picture, I don't think it's worth it at this point, Nathan Marzian. Yeah, I would definitely be trading more guys at the you know before the deadline whenever because as you said those guys have a ton of value now um they're playing well they're you know him clarkson Markin and clarkson conley um all those guys and get rid of them and and yeah i mean you got to do what you can to get this guy and if it doesn't work out in the lottery and whatever okay but um i don't know you just be kicking yourself if the jazz end up going you know they're they're in the play-in or something and completely miss their chance to uh to really get him and you're like, we really just lost it. And I, I believe he's going to be awesome. I believe unless he gets hurt, he will be a, a really, really, really good player. Cause I just don't know how he doesn't become one. Um, just the things he can do are insane at his size. So, and, and even just the whole top of this class, I know we don't know for sure. There was that draft in like 2014 with Wiggins, Jabari and everything right. that everyone thought was like amazing. Um, and quite a few of those guys didn't really pan out as expected. And, you know, Wiggins isn't some superstar. He's, he's a good player, but never turned out to be what people thought. Um, so you never know. But, I mean, you just have to put yourself – again, these teams, you're not – you know, this this core the Jazz have or the Spurs or anything like that, that's not something to to kind of really build on. You kind of have to – you know, th- these aren't cores that you're like, oh, they, you want to keep this together and build from there. No, like that, you're not going to win doing that. You have to kind of tear it apart and try to get a a stud and a, a real superstar – and go from there because that's what the Bucks did with Giannis. And I know Giannis takes time to to get to where he was. He's not a superstar right away, but they had nothing. They were a 15 win team, and you got your star. And then that, I mean, everything comes back comes from there. And Wembenyama looks like he can be. But well, that's just, just the thing. When they got Giannis, they weren't a 15 win team. They they were you know in the middle of the of the draft, and they they went for it. The 15 win team got him Jabari Parker. That, that's what that netted. It was Jabari. Giannis was a home run swing by John Hammond. I remember going to John. I'm like, John, I went through this with Larry Harris when he took E. John Leon. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You're going to get yourself fired if this doesn't work. And Larry Harris said to me, he goes, Sparky, I got to do his best for the organization. Said it on the radio to everybody. And he goes, and I think he's got the most upside of what's there. So we're taking him. And John Hammond said the same thing. He's like, can't hit a home run if you don't take a swing. And at this point, I'm not getting some big name free agent to come here and sign in Milwaukee and want to play for the Bucks. That's not happening. So the only way to get a superstar on in this organization is to swing for the fences and hope it works out. I don't know if John Hammond thought it could get to this point. I remember Billy McKinney calling him a poor man's Kevin Durant and everybody lost their minds comparing him to Kevin Durant. But 
look at how he developed, look at the work ethic, look at everything that came with it. Um, and it, it truly is remarkable. And, and, and to a degree that there's some luck, I guess, involved and so forth. But uh, that, that's how you have to do it. And not everybody gets the draft where you have one and it's Shaq or it's one and it's LeBron where it's can't miss dudes a stud. This dude appears if he can stay healthy because he is rail thin. If he can stay healthy, appears to be one of those guys, and Scoot appears to be one of those guys uh, as well. Nathan Marzian on Twitter. Follow him at Nathan Marzian. I'm at Sparky Radio on Twitter. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Green and Growing. We'll do another one on Thursday. See you guys later. Toodles!